You're listening to Red Nation Online. Delgado is onside. Marky Delgado to win it for Toronto FC. He's done it. It's over now. Toronto FC are taking three points away from Red Bull Arena for the first time in franchise history. Sunday, March 6th. It's Andre Zadorozny. I'm Ian Clark. Back. Toronto sees 2-0 win over the New York Red Bulls. And if they can make it there, they can make it anywhere. What a start to the 2016 season as the Reds collect all three points against Eastern Conference and MLS Cup contenders. We run through the new look roster, how the players performed, key moments, and wrap up the start of season 10 with some top 10 lists that are really more like top fives. But all that and more on the next 40 minutes on East Side Stand Up. People would be like, who is this? Who is, where, where did you go? What where, happened? Where did I go? Long story, do you, do you, are you asking? Yeah, well, well, the, 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 you have a 30-second window. I, I was, I lived in uh, just out, uh, about two hours outside of Tokyo, and I was teaching English with my girlfriend, and doing my kabuki stuff, like research and writing, and, and I'm back in Toronto for the year. And now you're so, back. Back in Toronto for the year, yeah. So long, long-time listeners will know this voice. Yeah. Well, they'll miss this voice <laughs> oh, 20, 2015. <laughs> well, it's true, because <laughs> you, you were, uh, for, I guess, what, 2014, 2013? You were pretty much yeah, weekly I, road game. You would know more than I would, but yeah, probably. You were a regular voice. You were, the, you were the beacon of optimism. Amidst, really? Amidst the chasm of negativity oh that have my been built God. by uh, T- Steve Perry and Tim Vickery well, over in, the last eight years. I this had, is our eighth year. Eighth year of Eastside Stand Up. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. That's awesome. Yeah. Eight years. I'll be. I'll celebrate ten years. And yep. that's. And there's my segue <laughs> to start saying we're in season ten. Oh my. See, I we're at Football Factory, and I I had as we had you had to count on your hand. If it worked, the math worked because I didn't believe you. I thought it was we were in. This is the ninth year, and I thought the ten years was just like when we put the contracts down and the, the team was just beginning. But no, I was wrong. We are in, we are in season ten. Wrong in math. Are we gonna? Yeah, let's cheers. Chin this. chin or ten years of or, life, or paper cups, and ten years of uh, TFC. So, season ten starts off with a bang. Huge. I mean, let's let's just do let's kick this this episode off. First, I want to say that. Until about the 80th minute, I was ready for a sour, um, not positive podcast. And I felt bad for what the listeners were going to have to deal with for about 30 to 45 minutes. (laughs) And now they're probably saying, like, oh, we love this. New listeners will be like, this is a great podcast. They're so positive. That's right. It took eight years to get positive. Yeah, two positive (laughs) hosts on this podcast. Like, I'm going to listen to this next week. (laughs) Well, let's just, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, that's Um, seven days. But the first things I think I want to say about this game is that first win at Red Bull Arena. Yeah. I'm not really sure how many games we've ever won against the Red Bulls away, maybe once. Of course, the one we always will remember is 5-0. Horrible. Just getting throttled. And then the years after that, I mean, we got hammered. Yeah, uh, why? Why is that? I mean, I mean, New York, even at their worst, have been able to beat Toronto. So this is... Well, the 5-0, I was yeah. saying that 
that New York Red Bulls team in 2009 Nine. Yeah. was, I think, one of the worst MLS teams of all time. There was only a few worst teams. Yeah. So that was a, a big start to say that, wow, we finally got this. You know, I, I always think of symbolism. Like, does this mean something more? Well, yeah, football is all about symbolism. And I think of, uh, but then I started thinking back and I'm like, oh yeah, like uh, 2014, mm-hmm. we won that opener against Seattle. That's correct. Which was a big milestone. However, that season didn't go as planned. That's last year, don't. We, so the, here's the thing is that last three years, I'm sure others too, but the last three years I find are significant because I think each of the last three years, we may have gone into those games as underdogs or severe underdogs. And I would say probably Seattle and this year against New York, we probably were looked at as very legitimate underdogs against these two teams. Mm -hmm. Success. Now, I mean, today, I mean, I don't know about the Seattle game. I remember watching that game and maybe maybe Toronto has a new way of thinking in terms of coming into game first games I mean but each both those teams are I can think it's fair to say that they're very different in their mentality uh, different players obviously you're talking about Toronto or the t- opposition Toronto sure okay because yep, I yep. feel I feel like the opposition tends to kind of understand who they are as a team especially that Seattle team yeah and uh, this New York team and this New York team so Toronto coming in tonight today and getting a victory is huge because yeah I don't think any TFC supporter went to this game going we're probably not going to win this, to be fair. But as the as the game wore on, a draw looked more likely. But then, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, what eighty first minute? Eighty, we, yeah, 80, 80, 81. We started. The games began. The game opened. The game started. All right. They finally woke up, and I think that's. I think that's like if you want to talk about uh, your, you know, the initial, just a quick initial impressions of the game. Actually, you know what? Before I want to do that, I want to back up and just say, maybe just discuss the opponent of the game of course and that is the New York Red Bulls who I think are worth just worth mentioning about how you know as me or myself kind of looking back when New York City FC was coming into the league and the splashes that they were making you know myself I was somewhat blinded by the names that they were getting and thinking wow the Red Bulls are really just going to be secondary you know especially in that market and hats off to them that behind the scenes They've been one of the leaders in terms of like building up an academy. They've been really shrewd in terms of signing, maybe not big name U.S. players, but very, you know, I would say top level MLS players, mm-hmm. and then bringing in not big flashy name European players, but yeah. very capable um, ones from Europe or from around the world, to to have a team that's now a serious contender for the Supporters Shield as well as I would say MLS Cup. And at home, they're almost unbeatable. Yeah. You have New York and New York, so you have now two teams within the New York metropolitan area. So you can either do slash New Jersey, right? So you can do one of two things: you can either mimic what the Manchester City MC, uh, New York City, New York uh, NC, what is it? NCYC, New York City. What? What am I doing? I can't. NYC 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 FC. Right. So you can do Manchester City's tons of money. You know, essentially, it's... You You're know, our second team. Right. And so what did they do is exactly what Manchester City does in the Premier League, Get try to get expensive big-name players. Now, obviously, it's very different because the age and a lot of these players are well-known to North American audience, yada, yada, yada. So what New York Red Bull do is genius, is that they go the opposite way, yeah. right? And that's so important to work in a more homegrown atmosphere in terms of, like, youth players, building them up, 
the opposite. I mean, I, I, I mean, I can't say that I know exactly what that new New York team is doing with their youth. You could probably enlighten me on that. But it seems to me that Red Bull are doing a better job at that and want to go in that direction and kind of be the dark horse in terms of that rivalry. Because let's face it, when you have Pirlo and other big players playing for you, you don't expect to lose. Yeah. And then the other thing to add on about them too is, of course, um, you know, there's, it's a there's a battle of managers or head coaches in this in this game, I would say, and that's Jesse Marsh against Greg Vanny. Right. And Jesse Marsh is a guy that we all know from that was sort of touted as the next great uh, U.S. MLS coach from his time, I believe, working under um, Bob Bradley, right. and uh, he goes to Montreal Impact, and you know, Joey Saputo, uh, you know, it's like a Kleenex with him. He uses Kleenex, <laughs> right. and he uses it and throws it away. And uh, you think that's the end of Jesse Marsh, and then he goes to New York last season and takes him to the Supporter Shields. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's if you want to start start off sort of this this match because what we would have been thinking heading into it. Of course, I didn't predict a win. Hmm. I think we've already said that Toronto likely were seen as heavy underdogs, and then of course you're missing um, Josie Altidore up front. That's only one player, but it is a significant part yeah, of, I, I, of who this team is and what our identity is. Yeah. And, and and we can talk about what our identity is through this podcast. Um, but whatever it is, it includes him. Yeah. And he, I think he's a big piece of it in terms of the attack. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, ha- having an injury so close to the beginning of the season, and everybody expects so much from him. Um, and he... I mean, you talk to different people, they give you different answers. But if you're talking to me, I think that he has largely failed to deliver exactly what... I mean, what is he supposed to be doing in terms of... Like, he has to, this is the year that there's a definition of this team. They got into the playoffs. There's an asterisk behind how they got into that into the playoffs last year. Okay. But take that argument out of the picture. This is the year Greg Vanny wasn't, get, wasn't fired. They kept him on. We still have a core of that team from last year. So now, this is it. And this is a perfect way to start. Perfect way to start. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be worked on. And that's, I think, the problem after 10 years that... Toronto still doesn't have, doesn't really understand who it is or what it is as an organization and as a team. And the fans can put all their opinion and, and, and passion behind it. And fans make the team. But the reality of the situation is that money makes a team. And how you use that money and what kind of players you get. What kind of attitude are you fostering? Things like that. And Toronto, this is the year. This is essentially, to me, a very make or break year for the team. Because if it goes tits up... And we all know what happens when things go poorly. It just flutters, and they don't. It just you get five steps forward, ten steps back, and I think a lot of fans are tired with that. Uh, and that is the background. Uh, I did want to kind of go into. Let's just go into the players that were named for this match uh, in the roster, and I think there are some worth noting uh, players that you know you wouldn't have been familiar with last year that made their sort of first. Senior team or MLS appearance for Toronto FC as players, uh, you know, in, in goal, Clint Irwin, mm. uh, the defense, who we're familiar with, Justin Morrow, Drew Moore coming in center back, Damian Perkey, uh, Stephen Betashore comes back from injury through the preseason and makes his first start. And then the, then we look forward, and, and this is where there'll be lots of discussion, I think, uh, a midfield of Osorio, Bradley, and Johnson, and then the attack of uh, Lovitz on the left, Endo on the right, with Giovinco in the middle. And I think if we want to just talk about our initial impressions on the game, I don't know if you can say that um, that attack really worked well. Yeah. I think there's going to be questions. I think that you're going to hear mixed things about Endo. Uh, Endo! <laughs> that, uh, for me, I'm still not totally convinced. I mean, really the biggest part of his game was earning the penalty. Yeah. 
uh, and some people might say it was a bit of a dive. No. To us, it looked like it was fair contact from behind. Yeah. But I would say Lovitz looked like he struggled through the game and he didn't he didn't deliver as much as he should have in terms of any kind of threatening balls. And then, you know, when you have someone up front like Jovinko, who's not a proper center forward, right. you know, you need that support on all sides yeah. um, and through the middle. And I don't think we saw that for 80 minutes of the game. Yeah, Toronto is still very much a one-man team. And it seems, I mean, for the most part, before the two goals were scored, you had really just get, and that second half, you get a lot of, it was mostly, I saw it in the second half, just clear, clear, clear lines, clear lines, no pushing forward, because you have Bradley, who's really good at that for the U.S. men's national team, and I think that's his, that's his job, to, to lead, the, he's a captain, I'm the captain in that position. What he, about, what about that armband, hey? I love the armband. You know I love the armband. I think it's important. <laughs> Andre it's made important. specific note of that armband. The Toronto flag. Ju- I think it's. I think it's smart. A- a smart advertising for the city. And it's. It, it's. It. If you see it, you're like, oh, what is that? That's. That's weird. That's. That's design wise. I think it's very. Very smart. I mean, it's not really designing. They didn't, no one designed. They just. They just took the flag and put it on a, on an arm. But nevertheless, I think it's very smart. Especially for a team that in this year, as an aside, we've talked about this with the New Jersey and and. and and that kind of design that they're trying to go back, harken back to a time when Toronto has this deep history of, of, of soccer and football. Anyway, but someone like Bradley needs to push forward, get the ball, hold up the ball, get forward, use Giov- uh, Giovinco. He's there, but you got to keep the ball low and you got to keep going. You know, you need good players, not just Giovinco. You need good forwards. Period. You need good wingers, fast wingers, guys that can carry the ball and keep the ball. And yeah. I think that's what Toronto yeah, is lacking. Exactly. The whole hoofing it up, hoofing it up, is shit. Just shit. Because all you're gonna do is, and it's not even a counter. Leicester's doing it in the Premier League, but they're Leicester. You know, there's a higher quality there, even with the poorer players. So we don't have that yet. It's arguable we'll ever have that. But in this case, for that second half, I would say, and majority of the first that there was a lack of creativity yeah so let's let's i mean let's break this game down then into into the two halves um the first half not a ton of action but i would have said that new york had the better chances yeah. uh, on goal but we didn't see lots of stuff and it and what we did see like we would have thought was you know it was jovinko making runs getting called for offsides that were offsides and there was one or two that didn't look like it yeah. was actually an offside um, that's kind of what the game looked like. But at the half, I think we both we kind of looked around and said, fuck, I'll take nil-nil at nil, this Nil-nil at halftime? Yeah. At nil-nil sure. at halftime, I would have taken nil-nil at full-time. Yeah. Like, and that's, I think we were looking at saying, you know, given this team, New York, that is, I'm like, I was, I'm surprised that we're at nil-nil, and I'm, and I'm happy yeah. that that's the score here. And then even at the halftime uh, show where it was Nigel and Christian um, Jack were doing the show, and they were saying, you know, that was a pretty entertaining first half, but I would say the second half... I mean, that was, that was a lot more intensity. Yeah. And even though, as we describe it, just as you described that second half, with a lot of hoofing the ball up, I mean, there was entertainment in the soaking up the pressure and trying to deal with it because New York had some really good chances. Um, the most notable one was probably around the 65th minute when they were starting to really build up some interplay yeah. and working triangles and, and, you know, pinging the ball around each other. And they found Bradley Wright Phillips just sneaking in behind the back line into the 18-yard box. And this is this is the first, you know, maybe the first chapter of um, Clint Oren at Toronto FC in terms of saying, you know, what kind of upgrade is he over Chris Kanopka slash Joe Bendick? And I thought that this was first impression of him, 
very positive that in a 1v1 situation, you know, he didn't go to the ground. He kept his calm. He saw that he was moving to his left. He, sh- he stayed to his left, didn't dive, didn't dive, didn't dive, and sort of just carried the play until the angle was so poor that all that he had left was shooting it on the side netting. Right. And for me, like, you know, that's really only the one real test of this game, so I don't want to go overboard, but I, I was I was positive about that play, that sequence. It's that classic. The more the opposite team misses their opportunities, the better chance you have of popping a goal. And I think that's after the first half, that's kind of what we were thinking. I know that's what I was thinking, is that I think I remember saying that if, if Toronto can stave off their attack, New York didn't have. They had good crosses and that's what Toronto lacks because they have no one of height right Giovinco is a tiny little guy he's not gonna get on those headers so you remind me of Defoe and and Tottenham so what you gotta do is keep it low for him so he can get cut through the back and then and and get a good shot on goal yeah and it started to feel like one of those games like we all have seen them where kind of like you know those those matches where you're watching games and you just see one team just piling the pressure one pressure 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 like multiple shots like dozens of shots and then the one team just turns around and comes back and scores on the yeah, one opportunity. Yeah, it's always a team that doesn't, never really shows that much promise. But it's interesting how the gods work with this game. Yeah. And, and New York had how many headers and how many shots on, I don't know the stat, but how much how many shots on net they had? I don't yeah. think it was very many. I mean, obviously the first game of the season, there's a lot of expectation for that New York Red Bull team. A lot of expectation, expectation for Toronto, but maybe in a different light. Yeah. So, a lot of headers. And they, they're just peppering the box with crosses, which is good. And I think if they had got the, a few of those headers down, we'd be talking different a different story. game. Yeah. And if you know, if I think back to that first half of Lloyd Sam, had done a bit better on that, that through ball that he picked up in the 18 yeah. off to the side, and he knocked it over the goal. Yeah, It exactly. would have been a different story. Yeah. And the, my other comparison I was going to say, to keep this super relevant, was that those of us who watched the McGregor-Diaz fight last night there could have been a comparison there where Diaz was sort of, in a way, getting lit up. And then, you know, halfway through the second half, McGregor starts to tire. Yeah. Diaz comes alive, takes him but out. But that's just it. I mean, like, if your game plan, which I'm sure Marsh's game plan for his New York Red Bull team was to go in there and beat Toronto in the, in the first half, right? And Toronto, the defense did this, the best defending, I think, I, and I didn't see much of last season, so I can't say, but in the last seven and a half years, or seven years plus, this is a, it's better. They're covering more, you know, they're rusty in terms of, well, maybe not rusty is the right word, but new to maybe a different way of thinking is defense. I mean, again, we said you can have as, as many goal scoring opportunities or score a lot of goals, but you're leaking, leaking goals, it's not going to work. You can't be a successful team. So you need to shore up the back to lose all the cliches you want. Stop having the opposite opposite team score. And then sure. you'll be Toronto will be infinitely better this yeah. year. And that's I mean you look at when we when that first that first marker we just noted the 65 minute for about 10 to 15 minutes. I mean it was all New York. Yeah. Right? We couldn't even get it out of our half. And that was the that was the kind of play we're seeing. And then sort of the end of this game was was the same kind of pressure from New York, and now all of a sudden Toronto coming back with yeah. these counters. And in the 80th minute, that was the that was the first play that we all, you know, flipped our tables over and went crazy. Yeah. Where Jovinko slots that ball into Endo, who was all alone. The New York defender, I'm not sure if it was that guy Ba, mm. came in and sort of. I mean, it looked like he he hit him from behind. Yeah. That Endo had a clear path to tee that ball up, and well, he uh, beaten the defender. So. Yeah. So and then of course Jovinko gets up, slots home the penalty. The roof comes off. Yeah, you know, I will say in a comparison to the last three years, I feel like last 2014 when Defoe came 
that was, I remember being at Football Factory and it was pretty packed. Mm. And when we went up on that game, I mean, that bar was, the roof came off. Yeah. Uh, today it was still pretty boisterous, but I think it was uh, a little bit quieter yeah. than in previous years. And then, of course, as we see down the stretch, that final play of the game, which I think is worth discussing, is that, again, we go on the counter. And it's, it's interesting because the previous play, Jovinko misses Morgan on the overlap. Mm-hmm. The next time around, they have a similar one, and he catches Delgado on the overlap, who did a really nice play to sort of create a turnover and break up some midfield play. Yep. And then he, I mean, he was, he does, I mean, maybe it's just optics. He doesn't look like it was going fast. Yeah. He was no, chugging. He, he definitely wasn't. He was chugging, huffing yeah. and a puffing. Yeah. But hats off to Delgado, man. Like last year, and I think this is what I want to, you know, pitch out there. I know you didn't have a lot of, too much experience yeah. firsthand. But uh, I think, you know, when I talk to people on the podcast and when I talk to other people, like uh, the guys on Vocal Minority, I think we're all pretty um, impressed with Delgado and wondered why last year he didn't earn that starting position mm. and then he comes in today and I think reinforces that or makes another case to say maybe I should be the guy yeah. who's playing out wide yeah. and, and part of this attack not necessarily Daniel Lovitz or Soba Endo yeah I mean Soba Endo Endo Lovitz Lovitz I mean I don't know anything about Lovitz but it seems like he's not exactly the most popular of players and he's not I mean you tell me yeah, well people and, I think people like his work rate but yeah. I mean I don't think anyone's sort of saying he's the next second coming of anything well, I would think Delgado is a fucking good choice because, I mean, Delgado is a good player and he's got the chops and he showed that. That was a great goal. Great goal. He didn't fluff it. He didn't good freak finish, out. Right? Great finish. For an, Calm it, finish. At MLS level, for a, a young kid to, to come out wide and slot it from the, you know, the, the wide side of the 18-yard box yeah. and, tie, and, like, nice and tidy, put yeah. it in far post, Yeah, you don't, like, you don't see that all the time. And but, on, hey, on look, goalie, we, though, we've seen Chad Barrett. Over the years, <laughs> let's talk about Chad Barrett one v one finish. Did, did I ever tell you as I when I used to work at Urban Outfitters, Chad Barrett came to the store one time, and he this is when he was just not nothing was happening, nothing good was happening for him. And I said, "It's okay, man. It's gonna be good." And he's like, "Okay." He was so bummed. He was even bummed just talking to him. So I think that uh, I think if we have a more positive attitude and you can get someone like Delgado who can score goals and works hard. You know, even if he gets his, if, you know, he said he was chugging along, but if he gets his fitness even better on his own and make those diving runs, for that's what Giovinco needs. He yep. needs people to play off of. It can't just be about him, yep. right? Um, I will say, in terms of the counter, Toronto needs to define that more. Toronto needs to to somehow define their counter. Are they a counter attacking team, or are they just hoping for the best? Because I think that first goal. Yeah, was that by accident? Yeah, was that or by, by design? Ac- yeah, and that's the thing. That's that's what Van needs to kind of. I don't know how good of a coach he is still, right? So I think that he needs to kind of define who he is as a coach. And this is great time. This is heady days for Toronto because you know we come off a playoff loss, okay, which still hurts. But at the same time, new season. Who are we? What is happening with Toronto? We're talking about nostalgia. None of those teams are very good. So are we going to be the new chapter? Are we going to do that? Are we going to be a good team finally? Yeah. Well, all this expectation? Yeah. Perennial contenders. Yeah. That's what you want to hope for. As we come out of that that game, do we, hey, do we dare name our, our man of the match for this game? Is there anyone other than Jovinko? You know, he scores the penalty goal and he sets up and the he second said, goal. Yeah, it's got to be Jovinko. Because he's he's works he, when he gets the ball he works and he's, who would you name after him? Well, Delgado because he scored he scored a very nice second goal. I yep. mean, I want to say I would like to say people that work hard on the ball and I but I don't 
I don't know. I'd like the name of Defender one yeah. day. But be... maybe let's just name it. Maybe because I'm highly critical of the defense. I, maybe I'll just say that I'll, I'll lump Perkey and Moore together because I was, before the season was started, I yeah. was already critical of them and say there wasn't too much in that play, in, in, in their performances that I was groaning about. Yeah. Um, so I, I would probably tip the hat to those guys. I agree. And say, you know, hats off defense and Clint yeah. Irwin. You guys started the season on the right foot. They've been doing work and that's like, don't leak goals. Don't just... Clean sheet, man. Clean sheet. First game. Yeah. Awesome. So now here's now here's the here's the flip thing that I want to say is that you know last season we had this road start to the year. And you know, we were looking at it, oh, when are we gonna get points or where are we gonna get results? And we started off on a bang. Three points. Mm. And then everything went south. Yeah. And then we kind of finished that, you know, in the middle, I think, of what you know, there was opportunity to really push ourselves forward and we didn't take it last year. And here we are this year where team president Bill Manning has come out and said, if I'm not mistaken, it was, I think he wants eight points out of the first eight games. Oh, yeah. Now we have three, which I think this was an unexpected three. People were looking at these eight games. This isn't the game they would have circled three points. And I think they look next week and say New York City FC might be a pretty good opportunity to get another three points. Um, That's sort of what I'm looking ahead to and saying. That'll be, I think next week will be a good indicator. To see some of these discussions we're having, of, you know, what this team is and how are they going to be defined and how far they've come through the offseason because it's, you know, New York City FC is a, is a different opposition, I would say lower opposition, than New York Red Bulls. And if they can get six points out of the first two games... Why? Because they relied too much on their celebrity players? Who's that? New York City yeah, FC? New York it's just, you know, it's just they're, they're an expansion team. They're going in their second year. I just don't think they're as good as they've been marketed as yeah. or people think they are. They're just not. Yeah. Um, and they're not as good as the Red Bulls. Yeah. They're just not. That's just a fact. Mm. So I think that's something that next weekend is, I'm excited for it. Yeah. I'm, in, I'm intrigued and interested to see how this team comes ahead. And and then that's that's two games. I mean, this is another important result because we got it without Altidore. So he's supposed to be back, I believe. If he's not back next week, he'll be back the week after. And then we can start seeing what this team is you know, together as a unit. And also today, we never, we didn't even see Sheru yeah. today. I mean, there's another thing to kind of add into the mix saying, you know, there is a little bit of depth that we still, not lacking, but we haven't, um, hasn't been on display that I think might still answer some of the questions that we're asking about what this team has to offer. So there's something to look forward to. I, mean, I don't think we're going to see a Toronto FC team gelling until maybe after this road. This road trip is, uh, uh, this road trip, but we do see these long road trips. Right for you know for weather reasons, with the new stadium stuff, I'm hoping that they can start constructing a way that Toronto can play games early in the season. Well, they will once it's like they're they're taking this because the stadium's under construction, not because of weather. As we exit this game, you know, I thought it might be uh, you know this is the first podcast of the season, the first podcast of season ten. Maybe start a new a new segment on on Eastside Stand Up. I think for these road games that I was going to call Deer Spark. <laughs> Readers write in okay. and ask questions to All us. Right. And, and today we have a question where someone wrote in and said, Dear Spark, said, who would you rate on season 10? Now that we're on season 10, who are your top 10 TFC players of all time? Wow. There's the question for That's us question. this week that got sent in. Uh-huh. And, uh... You know, we kind of had a little a little powwow before and said, you know, 10 is, that's a bit of a... That's a lot of that's players. A, that's a long list to come up to with. To be good players. But we can work, we can come up with 10 names, okay. not necessarily maybe our 10 best. We can come up with our top five best. And I thought then we can we can work on another five for different things. Yeah. So 
if we did our our uh, top five players, you go first. I'll follow up. Let's do our. Let's go five down to one. All right. All five. Right. Okay. Five going up. All right. Yeah. All right. So sorry, you're number fifth, and then up to your number one All best right. player. Am I explaining why? Or no? Do you want because to explain no, why? No, we don't have. It's up. To, are, it's we up to you. are we in the same thing? That these are like, are they your favorite players, or do you think the players that are the best? These are the players I think. Okay, this is my. This is how I came into this. My top five. Okay. Players that worked hard, tried their best, and in some cases were let down by the team. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So well, number five. Number five, Torsten Franks. Okay. Number five, Torsten. Now, Franks. now, hold on. Now I'm gonna go back to okay. you. Okay. Now, my my criteria is not just the same. I'm just thinking of like maybe players that I thought were the most skilled players, who were the best for us. I'm kind of sticking to like that very black and white definition, okay. maybe. All right. My number five, Amado Guevara. Really? Okay. Yeah. Number five. Number four? Number four, Marvel Wynn. Marvel Wynn. Mm-hmm. My number four, Stefan Fry. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 99. Yeah. He almost played 100 games for us. I know. They gave him the big finger. Yeah. When he could have had it on, <laughs> on his last game of the season. Hey. No, it's a meaningless game. We're no. not going to give it to you. I know. Eat it. Yeah. Stefan, see you in Seattle. That's what, that's, that's what this organization yeah. does for people. Number three. Number three, Juvinko. My number three, Torsten Frings. Ah, okay. A little higher. Yep. Number two. Oh. El uh, Lobo himself. Oh. Yep. Guevara goes yep. My number two, Dwayne Di Rosario. Oh, uh, okay. See, Dwayne Di Rosario never made my... Uh, made my yeah, I know five. what you think about him. Yeah, I don't. Okay, number one. Who's number one? Danny DiCchio. Oh, okay. Danny DiCchio because... Every, like I told you, I saw that commercial that they just did with Di Rosario, DiCchio, oh. and uh, uh, Brennan. Yep. Who is my least favorite player by Jim Brennan? We can make that a part two. Uh, that can be the other five. Okay, guys. that'll be the other five next time. But Danny DiCchio, the way he was treated with the team at the end, kind of, you know, this, that weird trade thing that got yeah, leaked, right? Yeah, just, just, just bad. And and, and he's such, I don't know, him, he's obviously, class. he he's seems like a classy guy, and he's and he's passionate. Yeah, and he was such an indelible part in terms of memories of this team. And there's not too many good memories, but the good ones usually involve Danny DiCchio. Yeah. So my number one, of course, is Jovinko. Jovinko, okay. And wow. I'm coming from the perspective of last year was, you know, I would say last season was probably one of the first seasons that, I, you know, the price of admission was worth it. Yeah. I got I got my money's worth on on some of those games. And the, the goals that he scored, I've never, like, never seen any of our players consistently. Yeah. Like one-offs, but one player score like that week after week. Man. Do you think he's going to do it this year? Do you think it's going to yeah, be the same? Yeah, 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 yeah. I hope so. Yeah, and that's the other thing I'm positive for is I hope he stays for multiple seasons and we can look back and say, wow, like he scored. In the end of the day, he scored like 50 goals for us, yeah. right? At least. And took us here and there and we can really look back on all the great things that he what did. What did you say about the Wall of Honor today? <laughs> what was I going to say? We're tear it down? He said you're going to take away what's on there now. Oh, yeah. And then he let him score, stay with us for several years, score a lot of goals, and then we tear it down a, yeah. and then start we have, again. We have a legitimate wall a of legitimate honor. A legitimate wall of honor. And then, so here's the, here's, so we only named five people, but That's I right. thought what might actually be a good idea is for that other five to round off the ten. Is, <laughs> let's name our let's name our five least favorite coaches. Because there's plenty to oh, choose from. Oh, there's lots to choose from. Okay. Okay, you go first this time. Okay, starting from number five down to your worst, the one you dislike the most. Yeah. Now, here's, here's I put an asterisk next to it because I feel like this year will be a defining one for You Greg, and I have the same. Greg Vanny. Yeah, Greg Vanny. At number five. That's my number five as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay, number but four. But why, why is your asterisk? Explain that. Oh, because I, I would say that if, if, he sh- if, they don't, if they don't win a playoff game this season, yeah. then I'll be like, if you, if you can't create a winner out of this much money in this roster, then... Yeah. 
Yeah, you're a bad coach. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm my Astro, I'm on the same level with you with the asterisk. I think that he needs. He's got a lot to prove, and I think Toronto would benefit from getting a more seasoned uh, coach. And I've been saying that for years. Maybe not publicly, but to you and my yeah. brother and everybody. Yeah. But they need that. They really need that guidance. And so they're not going that route. That's fine. MLS is great for young young coaches, and they are can be successful. As All right, number four. Who's your number four? Mariner. You're a nice guy. My number four is Mo Johnson. Number three. Number three. You go. Aaron Vinter. Aaron Vinter. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. He's a joke. Why? No, he wasn't a joke. He's <laughs> not a joke. Yeah, you want to? You, here's here's the rumor that I heard about What's Aaron Vinter's <laughs> amazing coaching style was that they would literally go into the into the team room. He'd throw on a video of Barcelona playing and just be like, play like those guys. Oh, why not? Why not? Play like those guys. That's okay. That's coaching for you. Yeah, that's great coaching. You know why? Because he 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 trusted his team. Yeah, yeah, trust. You're an idiot. <laughs> Let's see, I, a guy who, who's, 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 his, his credentials are coaching a U18 yeah, team. But the, but, 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 and now Vanny, what does Vanny have? Well, he doesn't have Toronto any. Toronto has... Con- I, wait, he's on the list. I know he's on the list. Okay, right? okay, you're right. You're hey, right, you're right. Your, did you, wait, you named your no, number I three. Na- number three was Cummins. Chris Cummins. I hated him. The, our best winning hated percentage. Him. No, he was an ass. Best winning at, percentage at our team end, ever had. At the end, when we walked out of that locker room at the end of the season, he was like so cocky and so arrogant. I was like, you're, you're a shitty person. We found Ashley Young. He found Ashley Young. Okay, did, was that your number three? What's your number two? That was two? number three. What's your number Carver. two? Carver. John Carver, right? I hate Carver. Why? Because he left the team. He left everybody high and dry go for $500 or For Carver. For, for Cummins. For Cummins. Yeah. Okay, that, there you go. Okay, I think you that, see what I'm saying? that warrants him yeah. to be ahead of Cummins. And then every, and he goes goes back to Europe. And every time I watched him when he was coaching Newcastle, Newcastle. I wanted him to fail so badly. And he failed. And I was so happy. Okay. That's That's my number but two? I'm, but I'm petulant. And I'm, a, I'm, I'm a shitty person. My number two, Ryan Nelson. Oh really? Yeah. Really? Yes. Why? Because I I heard things. You heard? I did, yeah. <laughs> you heard? Things. I knew I knew people. Wow. I knew people who were on the training <laughs> sessions, and they're like, "He's a joke." It's a Why? joke. Why? Why? Okay. What? Well, did you not watch that team? I did watch that team. I didn't think it was poor. I mean, their team was. Did you shit. not watch that team? I did watch that team. I did watch that team. They're fucking did, awful. They were awful, but they were always awful, dude. So like you're saying that one team that's that's the thing. We it's went like, from we went from an awful Dutch 4-3-3 team to an awful British 4-4-2 like just the worst brand of football ever. Like it come on. 2013 was that not the most the most excruciating season you've ever sat through? Yeah, but it, it wasn't the first and it wasn't the last. You know, it's all been tough. So I mean, it's different shades of shit. <laughs> okay. Anyways, let's let's wrap this up. Who's Wait, your number one? Johnson. Oh, Johnson. Horrible. I think he was an all. He's tried to be an oligarch. He tried to be the all, the man of everything. I won't disagree. He yeah. sucked. But my number one is Paul Mariner. Paul Mariner. Paul Mariner takes no, the cake for me. Why? Well, again, I heard things. <laughs> Well, you're on the inside. I, I heard he was a, a, a bit of an asshole yeah, in the locker room and cool. had talked a lot of shit about players. Yeah. And um, and you, I mean, how can you? I mean, like two words, Freddie Hall. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that sums it up. I mean, yeah. Torsten Frings leaves yeah. while he's the coach. I think that says something. Yeah. About it. And when you're a guy that's like, you're gonna sit there and tell me Freddie Hall is a better keeper than Milos Kostic. I think you're you're an alcoholic. <laughs> And he may have well, been. Right. It could have been a lot of, in, you know. Okay. So, um, and then, you know what? Just for fun, can you rhyme off? Can we quickly come up with five players, our, our, our all-time worst players? Oh. Lauren Robert. Yeah. Number, uh, I don't know what number I put him in. Ibi Ibrahim. Yeah. He was bad. 
Oh yeah, he remember he scored. He Maybe scored, Abraham. Remember he scored a couple of goals for the first time. Who ever. was the guy we drafted? It wasn't Aaron Mond. He was bad. It was. Bad. There was a midfielder the year that Precky was the coach, and it was his brother was his agent. Oh. Do you know who I'm talking about? Do you remember who yeah, I'm talking I about? Do. Oh it, yeah. And he was like Long an Aaron Mond. No, no, no. He was. He was. Uh, Who's? The, oh, oh, so bad with names. It was like it was a guy like an Aaron Mond. I forget his name. He did go on to keep playing a few, right. a little bit after that. Who, um, but that's actually interesting, Precky, because no, Precky wasn't on our li- anyone's list. No, no, I think because I liked him. Well, that's why he wasn't on my. list. I would give him the benefit of the doubt that if he had stayed another year, he might have turned this team. I liked his anger. I liked that he had someone that wasn't like us, you know. A oh, wet oh, Ravis Herskanovich. Yeah. Well, uh, Who was the Russian guy on the other wing? Yusinov. Yusinov. Horrible. I remember my dad was watching the games. Those two He walked like a duck. (laughs) (laughs) It was horrible. Remember it was Raven Sherskanovich, and every time he got the ball, we were just like, pass it to Guzman. Pass it to Guzman. He would never do it, or he would just kick a long ball down the field. Ooh, the Guzman. I put the Guzman on that list. What? Yeah. Yeah. Overpaid. Over, well, he was overpaid, break. but that overpaid. wasn't his fault. He didn't. Nah, he didn't. He didn't write he didn't, up his own contract. No, I, I know. I understand. I mean, I get it. He, he goes for the money. Well, he, you know, obviously, I would too. But my point is, is that I don't think he gave it his all. Yeah. I, well, Colin Samuel, remember him? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I, I don't know, know if I put him on the worst list. I think we've named some pretty wow, bad players. Samuel, jeez. I think Who, Ibrahim, uh, tall, Hiskanovic, Usanov are, are uh, pretty M, up M, there. M M M M. You've named them today. Mister. Mister. Brutal. He sucked. Yeah, he did suck. Oh my God, how many shitty players is that? Yeah, there's a lot. I bet you if we go through the that Wikipedia page of former TFC players, that's now like 150 yeah. deep, we'd find some pretty... Oh, horrible. Some yeah, people should write in the name their top. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Let's, we'll exit on that. Yeah. Um, people can find you. Are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. Uh, I don't have the spleefs. I don't use Did that. Did you change subscribe. it? Yeah, because I, I blog on the Twitter. Are you on Instagram? I am. What's your, what's your well, Instagram? Well, it's private, so I don't really... <laughs> <laughs> You're useless. I, you know, like I. Br- what do you want me to do? Well, I want everybody to see my stuff. Yeah, okay. I know, well, let, let and I haven't been on it in months. Okay, if you want to have to say something to, to Andre, you can get me. No, no, you at- can call I, I, uh, at Kabuki Live, Kabuki K A B U K I Live L I V E one word at Kabuki Live. Okay. It's because I blog and stuff in the theater. Okay. I don't have my own. I should do my own. Just like other stuff. Maybe yeah. I will today. Today, Andre's I'll do it. Okay, and you can get me at Clark R N O. Or at info or have your say at rednationonline.ca. Hey, have your say. Let us know who your top five worst of all time were or what you thought of our top five best in our in, in the question that was supposed to be about a top ten. Yeah. But uh, that's the first uh, Dear Spark of the season, the first episode <laughs> of season ten on season eight of Eastside Stand Up. Dare I say, I feel like this is the longest running soccer podcast if in Canada. I would say so. I would say so. Eight yeah. years? Good for you. I can't that's imagine great, anyone's man. been doing it longer than eight years. No. Because that's that's so many... I won't pat myself on the back till we get to season to ten. Yeah. Because eight's would. just like, what the fuck is eight? <laughs> I don't know. Nothing. Not bad. People who've been married... Yeah, I was going to say, people who've been married a long time, tell me what eight years is. Yeah. Paper? Is it the paper? I think that's Wood. the second year. I think they only go... It doesn't go year by year. It goes like five, walnut. ten... It's the 15, walnut 15, anniversary. Wal- which is the one that's like crystal? Is there a crystal one? No like idea. 25? I, I have no idea. Okay, let's leave it at that, Andre. Right. So next weekend, New York City FC. Mm. We're excited for that game now. Now we're excited. Yeah. Big difference from three hours yeah. ago. <laughs> Imagine going up, going winning two in a row. Great. Uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. No, okay. But keep optimistic. <laughs> it's not that far to look. So we'll catch you guys then. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Bye.
want you to get involved, reach out to us on Twitter at Red Nation Online or by email at info or have your say at rednationonline.ca. Get in touch with us. Let us know how you thought the team did. Agree, disagree, it doesn't matter. Also, check out our other podcasts on Red Nation Online from The Black Hole, Ours is the Fury, and our interview series. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time. For you are